Off the Hook, bearing on OffTheHookSports.com, your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Welcome, it is this guy, Josh Ward, with a great haircut, and he reminds you to subscribe and like on YouTube. We certainly appreciate that. The response has been tremendous and awesome. I'm not even going to talk about the people that rip me and Josh from time to time, but it does happen in this business. So go ahead and like and subscribe, and we'll show up on your YouTube more often. He is Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. Follow him at Josh underscore Ward. I'm still trying to remember the story. Actually, I do remember it, but I want you to tell it. Why your underscore, Ward? So, well, here's the thing. So, I'm Josh underscore Ward. I took that because uh, Josh Ward was taken on Twitter, but I think the story you're looking for me to tell. The country singer. Okay, yeah. So, uh, there's the country singer, uh, Josh. I have multiple Josh Ward stories. There's the country singer, Josh Ward, who keeps me from hitting page one on Google because he's very popular and I always get tagged on Twitter because these fans go to his shows down in Texas where he's super popular. And they saw Josh underscore award at the honky tonk. And I like to retweet it and say, had a great time playing the show, uh, buy my merch. There's also, uh, there's a, an Australian Josh Ward who has the Josh underscore Ward Instagram handle, which I wanted to try to match up with my Twitter handle. And uh, he has never responded to any of my messages trying to get that. So he's just posting photos with him and his buddies living it up, traveling in Australia. Okay, before we get to the balls and the first scrimmage and not in the top 25, which we are going to talk about the balls. There is a British Dave Hooker that is an official in football, soccer. And I'll retweet him and I've asked him to come on the show. The times don't really align. But I have retweeted him on several occasions, and he seems to appreciate that. The fact that there is the we recognize the British tape hooker, so he likes that. I have no reason to indicate that the country music Josh Ward either knows about me or appreciates me in any way. That's right, and I know the Australian does not. Yes, he's they're both big time compared to us little people. All right, first scrimmage underneath the ball's belt and. You know, you're not going to do any groundbreaking things, uh, particularly in the scrimmage. What battle? Let me just kind of go in wide open. What what battle or position are you most intrigued by, Josh? Well, I think left tackle is just a big unknown, and I think it will be a pretty big unknown on September 1st, and it might be an unknown for a few games. It's a battle between J.J. Crawford and Gerald Mincy. It's very important because it's the left tackle, and you have to protect Hendon Hooker. And I don't I don't know how it's going to play out long-term. My guess is that J.J. Crawford is Tennessee's starter in the opener, but I would also guess that we probably see both players. So that's, to me, easily the most important position battle you have other spots on offense at wide receiver guys that are competing to either be a starter or for playing time in the rotation at wide receiver you have guys competing at corner that competition is actually it's being held off a little bit because Kamal Haddon's been out for several days now and he has a good chance to be a starter but he's not practicing right now and could have used the scrimmage time but you're going to see a lot of guys out there probably over the course of the season tackle is the one where 
you want to find who your starting left tackle is and you need that player to play at a high level. Is there any chance the Vols are mishandling that situation? I want to ask Josh that question. First, remind you, Zul Beer, downtown Knoxville has the panoramic view of the city. You're going to love hanging out there, but you're going to love the award-winning beer as well. Go to ZulBeer.com to learn more. ZulBeer.com, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Josh, in terms of the way they're handling this tackle position, so old school would be plug the guy in who's played left tackle the year before, which is Darnell Wright. It's your best player. Plug him in at left tackle and figure out the right tackle thing. Okay, but that's not why, that's not where Tennessee is going in, in this endeavor. They've already said pretty clearly that Darnell Wright's going to be a, a right tackle. Josh, what do you think of that approach? Because it, it is a little unusual. Well, I do still wonder, do they believe Darnell Wright's at his best at right tackle and whichever player is going to be on the other side is more comfortable on the left side in the first place? That That is something not not with Darnell Wright, but with the other two players, Crawford and uh, and Mincy, that their experience is on the left side, so they'd be more comfortable. But I, I do wonder, do they think Darnell is at his best on the right side where he has also played previously and might have the the better future in the NFL on the right side. I, I don't know where he will ultimately end up in the NFL, but he has a good chance to be an NFL player in a year. And I would think there's a good chance that's on the right side. So um, it's a fair question. Glenn Ellerby said as, as well that the spots operate essentially the same way, but of course it's the blind side of, of Hendon Hooker. And that's why that left side is so important. And if they're going to take some deep shots, there will be plays where they need to make sure he's protected. And he got hit a lot last year. The, a quarterback position went down a lot last year because of the offensive line, and that was with Caden Mays playing almost the entire season. Uh, so having four guys back starting helps, and I think Jerome Carvin on the left side, Dave, has to help whoever is the starting left tackle because of Carvin's experience. But I, I just I think it's going to be a question mark for the next several weeks. Tennessee fans just hope it's not a question mark beyond three weeks because if you're going into the pit game really unsure about that tackle spot opposite Darnell Wright, well, Pitt's got some guys up front that will try to do something about it. Josh, if the offensive line is above average in terms of protection, I think Tennessee would probably take that if they're a B plus. Um, they're not going to say that publicly. But also some of this has to fall at the feet of, of Hendon Hooker, who obviously took over and did a great job last year. But Josh Heupel said something in his press conference after the scrimmage I thought was very telling. Either he was he was trying to be positive or it's a fact. And for Tennessee fans, better the latter. He said that the anticipation was there, that he was getting the ball out quicker. That's that's key to pass protection. And as good as Hendon Hooker was last year, I'm not knocking. He he can get better in that regard, I believe. I see some I see some clutching, double clutching, and padding. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it was his first year running the offense, first year in the system. He didn't spend August running the first team reps because Joe Milton had won the job and was going to be the guy. And I think we knew that before it was announced for sure uh, that it was going to be Joe Milton behind the scenes. They knew what was going on. So he just he's had a full offseason to understand, to go back and watch what he did last year. And he limited mistakes. He only threw three interceptions last season. But sure, when we talk about protection and sack numbers, Often the quarterback's going to play a role in, in what that is. Sometimes it's protection. Sometimes it's not the offensive line. It can be a running back. It can be a tight end. All of the, those guys will factor in here. But when we talk about the offensive line, we talk about running back, and we talk about tight end, we have to talk about the quarterback too. And Hendon being a year older, understanding more of what he can do. Now, he also is having to develop 
new relationships with receiver that could factor in. He doesn't have uh, an experienced Valus Jones out there. Javante Payton, who was new to the offense as Hinden was, but a veteran who had played a good amount at that point. So that's something to monitor. They're still trying to move guys either in or out or however you described it, wide receiver brews a question of his availability. So going out there on the field game, number one, you don't have that built up chemistry necessarily yet. That's still a work in progress, but it helps that you have ball state, not pit for week one. At what point do you think Tennessee fans should be concerned about Brew McCoy not being eligible? Or do you think there's any point that they should be concerned in preseason camp? Well, if we tried to roll out a one to 10 scale, it's not a zero ever for Tennessee fans to any question of, should you be concerned? (laughs) You have to drive to the stadium. There's traffic scale one to 10. Should you be concerned? Yeah, it's it's like a sitting three. Okay. No matter what the subject is, but uh, all joking aside, I, I would say, Give it another week. Tennessee doesn't seem concerned, but we've been down this road. We went down this road with Cade Mays, and he missed a game. Last year, Byron Young had to miss a couple of games. Aubrey Solomon, it was at the deadline. Basketball, it it took half a season, which I think actually made some sense with Urosh's sitting time. He essentially sat a year, uh, and that was under the old transfer rules. But for Tennessee fans, that was no fun. So fans have been through this before. And until he's cleared, we don't know that he will be. So I'd say give it another week. But if if this time next week you and I are having the conversation, you're asking me, should Tennessee fans be concerned? Then a week from now, my answer will be yes. Yeah, it's kind of gone from in my mind a snap of the fingers to, whoa, you know, maybe maybe this is a concern. Because, would- you know, Dave, it's a, it's a Thursday opener. So what, a week and a half out roughly, if they start to get into game week mode and they don't know that he – he's going to be a part of that game. How much are they preparing with him? I don't know the answer to that, but the coaches have to start figuring that out. So once they shift into game week mode, and again, it's ball state, I recognize. Uh, but once they start doing that, I'm sure they would like to know which personnel will be available. Now, I, I agree with that. And I think he's key, assuming he lives up to his recruiting hype. And we really don't know because he's moved around so much uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I thought that Josh Heupel after the scrimmage uh, and perhaps it was Rodney Garner as well had some interesting points and that is to provide more of a pass rush just from the defensive front. Now th- they were, they were fine at pressuring the quarterback and playing vertical as they like to say, Josh, but ultimately this team will be a lot better if they can pressure with, with the front four and they can drop some guys into coverage. We talked about replacements, but in this particular case, if you can drop some more guys into coverage, you're helped. Yeah. If, if guys can just go and do what the defensive line coach, Rodney Garner and what the uh, coordinator, Tim Banks is asking them to do, then they're not going to have to overcompensate. And yeah, that can help. I think in third and long situations when they're trying to go after the quarterback, but also how often last year did Tennessee have a problem with a quarterback who was mobile and able to pick up, extend a drive, pick up yardage and extend a drive with his legs? If you have guys that are able to do their jobs the way Tennessee's coaches expect them to, you hope to run into less situations like that. Tennessee was near the bottom of the SEC in uh, third down stops ahead of only Missouri last year. And if that's the case again this season, then it's going to be a, a real problem for Tennessee trying to be better record-wise than it was a year ago. And you're going to run into problems against quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young, quarterbacks that are going to be able to move uh, against this defense. 
that can be a problem. Now, it's never easy to go up against a quarterback that's multidimensional. Just look at every defense that has to face Hendon Hooker. But uh, if Tennessee can be better there, if Tennessee has guys in the middle that uh, can play more, because last year Matthew Butler's playing a lot. As the season goes along, those guys can get tired. If they have a true two deep and you have guys like James Pierce and Joshua Josephs that can add what Tennessee's doing on the edge, and Byron Young has a better understanding of what he's able to do out there on the field, then uh, some of that overcompensating, I would think, would go away this year. He is Josh Ward of the Sports Animal, brought to you by Zul Beer. Great panoramic views downtown in Knoxville. You'll love Zul Beer. Worldwide award-winning beer. Not easy to say, but easy to, to drink. You'll love ZulBeer.com. So, Josh, Tennessee not in the top 25? I was a little surprised talking about the coaches poll, which is the sports information director's poll. But mm-hmm. I, um, I, I had them pegged somewhere on 18 to 20. What did you think of it? And bef- going into it, what did you think they might be? I thought they would probably be in that range, 18 to 22 or 3. I thought yeah. Tennessee would be closer to 25 than 10. But I do think Tennessee belongs in the in the preseason top 25, and that's what it's about. Um, you know, Pitts in the top 20, that's a week to opponent. And I think Tennessee fans look at that game as, hey, we better win that game. And I think there's a good chance Tennessee will be favored to win that game when they kick off. Well, the polling has Tennessee 12 spots behind Pittsburgh. So that to me is too wide of a gap Tennessee versus Kentucky head-to-head I think Tennessee has a a good chance to be the better team but you know the media voted Kentucky ahead of Tennessee so Kentucky being ahead in this poll is not all that surprising I'll I'll be curious to see if the Associated Press poll does the same next week so uh, I thought Tennessee was a little low here's the school that I had the problem with Dave it would be Texas and Texas has that first place vote which is funny and that helps jump them up but Texas last year on defense was embarrassing and they were able to score some points but so did Tennessee and they had they had a problem with Kansas, Dave, and that to me makes it problematic to put Texas in the preseason top twenty. Tennessee to compare the Vols to Texas. Tennessee has its quarterback coming back after a huge season last year. Texas has talent at quarterback, but still has a question mark at that position with Quinn Ewers coming in. Can he be the real deal as people have projected as a recruit? I I have no doubt that Texas is going to score points with what they have at running back and what they have at receiver, but can they get stops? That's a question. So I think Texas is too high. I would have honestly flipped them. Tennessee, Tennessee number 18 and Texas number 28. I would have too. I have zero problem with that. And you talk about Texas. It's incredibly difficult when you start talking about the Iowa States of the world, the Kansases of the world that they mentioned they needed overtime to beat them. It's incredibly difficult to go five and seven at Texas. I don't care if it's your first year or not. That's Texas. They're gimmies on the schedule, and you should be more talented, Josh. Should be. And that 23 class that is rolling is still in high school, so they're not there to help yet. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, Texas, I think, will be better. But uh, the, if you go around the country, coaches that have a lot of pressure going into this year, Steve Sarkeesian should be on that list. Now, having Arch Manning and that class together, that's going to help him no matter, I'd say, the result, as long as it's not devastating. They don't four and eight or five and seven again this year. But they have to prove that they're a lot better. Tennessee was was definitely the better team last year than Texas. So going into this year, I thought Tennessee deserved more benefit of the doubt than Texas. But it's Texas. They got a number one vote after all. Who did that vote come from? I don't know. Um, <laughs> We've got to fit. This is the there's got to be some ul- ulterior motive there, right? Has to be. 
What's your theory if you had to bet on it? Well, I, I, I honestly, I didn't scroll through the coaches that have a vote, so uh, I, I could look through it, and I'll bet you come up with like a, a list of five that it's got to be one of these guys. So we should do that and figure out who it is because I think you can kind of narrow it down. It's like, um, you know, when Kramer was trying to figure out George's password, Bosco, and he was able to break it down step by step. I think that's how we could do it here to figure out who had the first place vote. Yeah, my partner, uh, Amanda, pointed out that I have the same password for everything. So I'm not going to share that with you. Uh, One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> exactly. Why would you have that password? Mm-hmm. I don't think an idiot would have that password. Baseball's reference. Can't get enough of that. All right. So, Josh, as far as scrimmage number two, uh, it's right around the corner. And what do you think Tennessee would like to accomplish in, in order? Give me the top three. Well, uh, number one is just a big picture. Figure out who their guys are. Figure out who their guys they're going to lead in the secondary will be. And that's why I think getting Kamal Haddon back is important because he should be one of those guys. I think he was targeted as a maybe number one corner for them heading into this season. But him not practicing and not scrimmaging can't help with that. Having Christian Charles back helps. So figuring out who their guys are, I would say figuring out who the starting left tackle is. And then... Um, who are who are the the newcomers that are definitely going to play a role? And that can come back to the who are your guys, but also providing depth. Like, is Dylan Sampson ready to go at running back? Could he and Justin Williams Thomas help you right away? What is the role for Squirrel White at receiver uh, or as a running option? He can be that on the offensive side. And then on defense, they know that Wesley Walker and Andre Turrentine can help this team, but how exactly? So I think um, who are who are your guys? So your starters, these are the guys that are going to lead us out against Ball State. I think that's important. Tackle if you can figure it out. And then newcomers that are ready to go, figuring that out. Josh Ward, he is on the Sports Animal. He is brought to you by Zool Beer Company. Go to ZoolBeer.com. Zool Beer Company. This is a production of Off the Hook Sports.